Good afternoon and you're welcome to the media show this week. Uh, Tom Handy is my name and I'm joined by David Fleming. David, how are you today? I'm very well, yeah. Tom, thank you. And Pat O'Brien. Good, Tom, thank yeah. you. And John S. Kelly. And good morning to you. Or are we afternoon? Afternoon. <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> I think, yeah. And as uh, Leo would say in the control tower, we have Luke. You know? Luke. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, this and the, our media show is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography. We're very grateful to Ruth for that. And uh, our calendar that will be coming out shortly uh, as features photographs taken by Ruth, you know, and we're grateful to her for that. Now, this week's Claire Champion, this week's Claire Echo, as we said, we have them to hand. And there's the same headline on both of them. Champion says, Farmers living in fear of rural crime. And the Echo says, Clare farmers sleeping with their shotguns. And this is as a result of the Joint Policing Committee, I think, which meets on a monthly basis and they met during the week. And I think our own Pat Burke was the one that um, started off saying that because of the robberies in East Clare, that's, you know, that's, the farmers were living in fear. You know? What do you think of it, Tom? Oof, I don't know, you know. Um, I mean, what's the answer? Is there a reason to be fearful? No. I, I think this is, this is a very dangerous thing now, what Councillor Burke is doing. Um, the, all the evidence he has presented, or the, all the pieces of information that Dan Danaher has given in, in this nice piece is actually about urban crime. When you read it in care, yeah. he's provided two or three examples. They're all in Mount Shannon or Whitegate or the Scarif, um, isolated incidents. There's not one farmer. Somebody um, from North Clare said about, yeah, I think maybe diesel been stolen and farm tools been stolen, I think, yeah, in the end of time. When if, you, if you read it carefully, yeah. it says, uh, people are fed up with this. Farmers are working hard to buy a tank of diesel or tools. Yes. I have met farmers who have said, we will not spare these lads if we meet them out in our yard. doesn't actually say that anybody has taken them on. But it's not necessarily covering the whole question yeah. there. It's just if, I, if, if I was Councillor Burke... Yeah. And I was saying farmers are in fear of rural crime. I would give evidence of where farmers have been attacked, rather or you know targeted or whatever but or stolen mean, from. Not, All not. the examples given are from. It's actually people. It could be the headline is the problem of the Clare Champion David, and the Clare David, Echo. We have to hold you there now. Go on. Go ahead. You are a, a resident in East Clare. I am indeed, and I don't have a shotgun. You don't. But if you were down in Whitegate a fortnight ago. You know, you might very well have been saying to yourself, I wish I had a shotgun. If two guys burst into your bedroom, okay? Um, have you any sense? If two guys burst into my bedroom, I say, what do you want? Get out quick. I wouldn't be shooting them. A, because the law doesn't allow me to. It, the law, I, I can use reasonable force, I think is the phrase. Yeah. Um, we, I think this is the problem, of course, that Councillor Burke is claiming that people have adopted your view, John, yeah. have bought guns and are now willing to use them. I by think way, that's not way, a good idea. By the way, what is my view? Your view said is what, what would you do if somebody broke in? And presumably you're echoing what the, uh, the sentiment of these articles are and the farmers that they're sleeping with their shotguns. Would that I, be your I, view? I have a shotgun. For that purpose? I didn't say it for, for which purpose. <laughs> well, what purpose do you yeah. have your shotgun for? It was my father's. Yeah. And I pay 70 pounds a year. But if, 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 okay, this is a good example. If, if, yeah. two, if intruders came in, 
what would you do? Would you use the shotgun? Well, uh, I'd have to check to see if I have any ammunition. Okay. Now, would I put on an act? Yeah. Would I use it as a weapon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't be leaving myself defenseless. Now, uh. I would, shooting might be beyond me, uh. but I certainly would. Uh. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm sympathetic, but I think there, politicians in particular have to be very careful what they say, because this was said at a committee meeting, there yeah. were reporters present, and now it's ended up in both papers. I think it's kind of scaremongering. It's well, a dangerous precedent, really. You know, I would argue, rather than arming people with shotguns, we should have more cameras around the place, CCTV cameras, you know, and monitor the movements of people. But and then, why don't, why don't there's we that, have them, Tom? Well, there's that four-letter word that was mentioned earlier, you know, no, four letters, G-D-P-R. Now, will you explain to our listeners, yeah. they're wondering what they, they stand for. Yeah, data protection. Data protection. Yeah, in and protecting. Language. Yeah, and protecting people's privacy. You know that you, if you're recording, you could be interfering with their privacy. I think and this I, sort of thing, the, qu the, qu the question but, is, uh, in this country, I think we have a high degree of trust with the state and its authorities. Um, in other parts of Europe, particularly Eastern Europe, where mm -hmm. the state yeah. was, uh, by and large, communist regime and spying on their citizens, this is where GDPR has originated from. And that is why, in certain parts of Europe, the protection of one's individual rights is, is a quite a high priority. We, we, I think Tom has reflected that we don't mind, because it's never happened to us before, yeah. that the state would. Now, of course, we know what happened when journalists' phones were tapped. It yes. brought down a government. Um, so the state and its ministers can sometimes mess up in that regard. Yeah. So I think that's where, that's why we don't like cameras around the place, because perhaps in the future a state and a government could, could become extreme. For, yeah, yeah, use them for yeah. But still, I would argue that people that are going about their legitimate business don't mind being photographed and don't mind having their number plates recorded and all that, you know. But you know, if, if it meant reducing the possibility of people coming in from outside and yeah. making raids and, and, and running again. And I think, I think there, are, there is provision for CCTV camera in certain instances, and yeah, you have to yeah. seek permission and all the rest. And it's yeah. quite complicated. Yeah. But yeah. Pat, would you, would, you, would you have your guns? Well, you, you, you can't have it, you can't have it. Uh, I'm just showing them there, and I might have to know what, uh, <laughs> the farmers, uh, the farmers uh, here. <laughs> <laughs> their family sleeping with their shotguns. Uh, where, where's the wife? <laughs> <laughs> You're and presuming the farmers are all men now, aren't you? And that they're all married. <laughs> and that they're all married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, let's move on. Um, our, one of our TDs, Cahill Crow, page two of the champion, talks about guard the numbers. And uh, his, he claims he's been looking for the to find out how many guard or what the de deficit in guard the numbers is and community policing and all that you know but surely you could find that out if you put in a PQ into the doll and get all that information you know is it another slightly sensational headline moving on to page three of the Terror Champion this week there's a headline HSA asked to probe claim that the late Katrina's life jacket was faulty. Um, there's a call for an investigation of family still waiting for an inquest six years on. Pat, have you read that story there? Yeah, there's a, good, there's a lot in the, in, on the yeah. papers, even for the last week as well. You know, Dan Denner had a big, nearly a couple of pages on it last week. And it's here, you know, uh, this week. Um, an, investigative, 
an independent senator has written to the Health and Safety Authority, HSA, requesting full investigation into claims that a life jacket used by Dueling Coast Guard volunteer may have been faulty before she tragically lost her life six years ago. Mother of two, Katrina Lucas, 41, had offered to help out the neighbouring Coast Guard owners complete plea in the search for a missing man, but she died after its um, rigid inflatable boat capsized in, sh in a shallow surf zone on September 2nd, 2016. Two other crew members on the board arrived on the board on board the rib were also thrown into the sea but survived. Speaking in the clear of champions, you know, the Jack Fockery confirmed he had written a letter to HSA to advise him. Life jackets provided to Coast Guard volunteers in the late 2014 and early 2015 were, test were tested in a number of stations around the country which allegedly fa failed all tests. He asked the, 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 um, the controller and officer general to examine the procurement of this vital life-saving equipment. So I think that's another, another part of the, of, of the, yeah. of the, 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 well, the, the, the ongoing um, thing up in, in, in Doolan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, some, of the, some, some, some of the members of the team up there were stood down. And um, it's, 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 it's ongoing all the time. Yeah. It, it's, it, it was a tragedy that uh, Katrina Lucas lost her life, you know, and it's, it would be an even bigger tragedy if the equipment that she was yeah, wearing yeah, was yeah, faulty. Yeah, you know. But, do, but does it not point to the fact, again, that because the Doolin and a lot of Coast Guard stations are voluntary, yeah. that really we kind of do need a professional full-time service so that and much and all as we like to give out about health and safety and all of these things, they're there for a reason to make sure that the these sorts of things like life jackets are fully up to scratch like and i'm not saying that now volunteers wouldn't take that seriously maybe yeah. or that you know and there could be negligence of course which is maybe what is being hinted at here but um but if volunteers whatever the service they're in are risking their life to yeah. save other people, other people yeah. they should be Properly equipped, yes. A, but know, I'm, with I'm, safe equipment. I'm worried, Tom, that yeah. maybe it was a volunteer was in charge of that themselves. Yeah. Like yeah, who is yeah. responsible for the for the life jackets? For yeah, checking the equipment. Yeah. I suppose whoever supplies them initially the should be up to a, a standard. The head of station. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't know who's responsible. Well, you, 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 and the fact if they fail tests, who somebody must be responsible for for having to do it. Yeah. There's another, um, there's another um, article down at the bottom here as well. Uh, it has been a challenging time for all concerned. The letter to the editor has praised the ded dedication of dual and Coast Guard volunteers down the decades and appealed for support for the current unit as it carries out its duties. Uh, the courage and, ded and, and dedicated commitment of dual and Coast Guard volunteers over decades have been lauded this week. In a letter to the Clare champion, Carmel Shannon, Barbara Faulkner, Pauline Cronin outlined they were writing to the newspaper concerning articles last week's in, in last week's edition and earlier articles on the dueling unit. As partners, spouses and family members of present present serving volunteers, we have witnessed over decades the courage and dedication and commitment to communities of care and dueling units of the Irish Irish Coast Guard. But Pat, why why did they feel they had to write to say this? That's it. Possibly, I suppose, a lot of us has gone on there where fellows have been stood down from the, yeah. from the unit. 
here. It's so difficult to know what's Captain Bailey in it. It is, isn't it? I'd it's say we don't know the full story. The, no. the, the, it, the, it'll, take the the it'll take time for it, maybe even an investigation for from, the, the uh, truth to come out. What's anyway, the fellow from the, yeah. from the uh, Labour Court? Um, Kieran Mulvey. Kieran yeah. Mulvey and, and, and nothing came out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, let's move on, or the clock will beat us, you know. Uh, Cahal Crow has been talking during the week in the Clare Champion and the national media about uh, have we more than our fair share of Ukrainian refugees in this county? Yeah. Or have we the services? That, uh, well, th th we've raised this before. Yeah. People, people <coughs> may fall into the trap of thinking when you raise a question about the capacity to be able to handle uh, refugees, that your one is objecting. Yes. No, so I want to declare my own position uh, from the commencement. I am open-handed, open-warmed to... Accept whatever number but, of refugees... But, but <laughs> there is a, a dilemma in it for me, because we have, what, 11,000 uh, uh, of our own population looking for accommodation, okay? We seem to be, have been able to respond to the refugee crisis much more readily than we've been able to respond to the actual uh, indigenous homeless people in Ireland. Isn't that right? I don't think that's entirely fair, and I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't equate them, because I think the government, the government, you know, where are the refugees being put? They're being put in hotels, they're being put in other vacant accommodation, which is exactly what the government has been doing in terms of the real crisis, <coughs> families had to go into hotels. And I think, to be fair to the governments, successive governments, they have been responding in that way, and they've been giving charities a lot of money as well. There are a lot of the 11, I don't know what the current figures are, let's say it's 11,000. Some of, some of those are living with parents. They put, their, put themselves onto the housing list. They're not actually homeless, but they're being counted as homeless because they would be entitled under our, under, yeah. and I'm saying rightly so, if they're entitled. Uh, to those houses. So even the use of the word homeless, I yeah. think, is problematic. But my position is I'd be, I don't have a problem. Even if we had no capacity, yeah. we should still be taking people in who flee for their lives from a war zone. Okay, well, so we can They're flee literally down to a local, our local yeah. area now. Yeah. We have 114 or 115 or something around that number in the holiday village at, at the Gotham. Yeah. Isn't that right? They are predominantly female, there are lots of young children, and there is desperate need for uh, artefacts. There's 111 So our, our listeners might be asking themselves around the kitchen table this morning, um, what can they do you know, to help the situation yeah, in yeah, the capital? Yeah, and, and I think I think Pat, Pat was speaking uh, this week to the general manager in the East Clare Holiday Village, weren't you? Guys? Yeah, I, I, I had a work with him on Sunday evening down in Bradford. Yeah, that we were launching the the book. That yeah. was the launch of the book for uh, Pat O'Brien down in Bradford. And uh, I had a work with um, Cheryl Dale, and he said that uh, he said because the, 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 those people are coming in to us, he said uh, with not knowing the clothes in their bag, they yeah. a bag, and uh, they said they take anything they take. They, like clothes, maybe on buggies and any, anything. Yeah. In good, in, in good quality. Imagine yeah, if yeah. You're, you're, you have a mother and a single child, or maybe two children, or th yeah. two or three, mm. and a, you have a baby, like, or yes. a toddler, yeah. and you've come away with <coughs> no, no buggy, no 
um, what do you call them, seats yeah, for eating. Yeah, yeah, what do you call yeah. them? High chairs. High chairs. Yeah. God, it's quick I forget. Um, <laughs> high yeah. chairs. Yeah. Like, they have actually nothing but, but the clothes on their back. That's so where that phrase comes from. Can we appeal to people who are listening to us today? Uh, can you check your garage? Is there a yeah. child's bicycle there that is in working yeah. order? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Is there a And buggy? a few weeks back, um, yeah. uh, John, you'll remember the county council uh, issued, a, issued a very similar appeal in the newspapers. Yeah. But now is the season. Now it's coming up to Christmas. Yeah. It's a season when naturally we give. And of course, yeah. we give to everybody, not just the refugees. Yeah. but. Um, so can we make that, that? I think I think we should. Yeah. yeah I, I by the way I'm not with Councillor Crow on this and I'll put my name on that record Tom. That's uh, he, uh, uh, we he he feels we should stop. Yeah. Oh, I no, think John no, no. John might be able to convince John to 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 come yeah, around. Yeah. And it's a question though at what point do you declare capacity? Because one's defini one definition of capacity could be very different from another definition of capacity. And I'm afraid it could be used by people who don't want refugees in the country at all. Oh, Not in my backyard. So we mm. three, yeah. three and a half thousand in, in Clare. Yeah. And we've seen those right-wing elements in the East Wall up in Dublin who, who, who don't want them in the country. But we're not talking about No, we, we, we're not. And I, I, nope. I, I know you're not talking yeah. that and way. I think and, as a people, and I don't think Cockle Crow is talking yeah. that way either. No, no, no. Hopefully he's not anyway. That's I think like we should appeal to, to, to people uh, that listen to us on Sunday out around the East Clare to check out and, and if, if they have clothes, good, good quality uh, clothes for children or buggies or anything like that. And even ties. A lot of kids have ties now. Ties, games. Yeah, yeah, there are ties and games and books and all that, and yeah. they'll be getting new ones and they'll probably... Yeah. Uh, and people give, people give to the St. Vincent de Paul, yeah. anyway. Maybe this year they could give them that to that yeah, direction. Anyway, let's move on. Going to, I know we're maybe majoring in the Clare Champion a little bit, but going on to page four of the Clare Champion, Ryanair Chiefs praise tough Shannon team. You know, well, I, I get worried now if Michael Reilly was praising me. Huh? <laughs> well, Tom, Tom... I'm delighted. I don't know whether I'm delighted or I'm with you on this one. I've been saying this for years. Now, wait till, you t wait till we tell the listeners what Michael O'Leary said to an Eructus committee in, in another question that was posed by Cahill Crow TD. Um, the question was, uh, uh, the question that was asked um, was, what was the question? Dublin's, Mr O'Leary said that Dublin's, this is Pat O'Brien now too, this is Mr O'Leary talking directly to Pat O'Brien. Mr O'Leary said that <laughs> Dublin's domination of Irish aviation is somewhat inevitable. If you're talking about international aviation, I always like to quote the example of Bristol. Within an hour of it, there are 10 million people, but there's one airport. Mm -hmm. We're a country... If you take the Republic, there's a population of 5 million people, and if you include the North, 7 million. It's probably closer now to 8 million, but anyway. There are 13 airports. 13 airports for this island. Now, that's me. That's not Michael O'Leary <laughs> emphasizing that. And 11 if you just take the Republic. We are massively over-airported. I've never seen that phrase before, but massively over-airported. Nobody likes to hear that, but that's the reality. He said that Shannon does have a future, but several other Irish airports don't. And he, he feels that there's only four airports that have a future, Dublin, Cork, Shannon, and Knock. I don't know why he's including Knock, but anyway. Um, four, and we have 11. 
Yeah, but sure. And it's the exact same point, Tom, I've made on this yeah. program about two years ago. And 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 these gentlemen here have rounded on me several <laughs> times. Oh, well, you have, no, no, not, no, not no, about no, me. No, 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 we have not. I'm amazed to hear you praise <laughs> the, the, the I'm amazed that I'm praising Michael O'Leary <laughs> as well. <laughs> it's amazing we're on the same hymn sheet. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think he's right. He's right. Because I don't know why we, we went uh, an airport in Sligo and we went another one in Donegal. And yeah. they won in Mayo. Yeah. That's yeah. three in one corner. Yeah, you'll find that those airports in Donegal and Sligo won't be able to land a Boeing 737. And you'll have Kerry as well. You'll Kerry as well. And you'll have another one over Bianca's Bianca in Bartle. Yeah. And yeah. Kerry does well out of Ryanair. And Ryanair does well out of Kerry. Anyway, ask anyone that's been through Dublin Airport in the last six to nine months. But if they had a choice, what airport would they go through? As we wind up on that particular yeah. one, you know, we, we could reflect on. Uh, what was the nature of the conversation which Michael O'Leary had with the management in Shannon Airport to get him to the point where he was going to say they're tough down there yeah. in Shannon. <laughs> well, don't push anything over on them. That's, that's right. Well, she, he, he said that we have a, a, a good philosophy going now yeah. in Shannon. Yeah. Well, Michael O'Leary said, nobody hardballs Mary Constantine, the Shannon Airport CEO. So yeah. there, anyway, the good news is that there's extra flights coming for, to uh, yeah. Porto in Portugal and is it to uh, Naples right. yeah. Yeah. In, for next summer. It's a day oh. six of the... Yeah. the All right, look at... Do uh, you know what? We'll go to the, back to the Clare Echo and we'll go to page 21 in the green section, is it? Green Clare. Money point. We're moving from coal to oil. This is rather an amazing U-turn. It is. Um, money point to convert from coal to oil and decommissioning delayed. It just goes to show you that there is a, probably a big fear in government now that uh, we're going to fall short. If they're, like, money point was to be decommissioned completely. Yes. It was, uh, it was, it was coal, and now they're saying, okay, we're not going to be coal, but we're turning it to oil, which I don't know, is that... They're both fossil fuels. I'm amazed the, the green members of the government have, have, um, have, have, have agreed to it. But according to this, according to Porter McMahon here, speaking to the week in politics, Minister for Climate, Communications and Energy, Eamon Ryan, explained, we have to stop the use of coal at Money Point and switch it to oil. But more significantly, what we have in Money Point is a world-class facility. It has a 20 meter, and he goes on and on talking about the estuary and how useful it is. But... He very quickly dodged the question there. I don't think his own supporters well, will, will praise him for this U-turn. Michael McNamara, our own man, who's, who's usually fast in there when it's needed, he just brought it to our attention. An increase of 8% in the amount of electricity generated by coal in 2022 had been recorded at Money Point in October. Well, now, that's a fact. Yeah. So... Well, how are you going to fill it if you, you can't have uh, your bun and, yeah, yeah. and, and eat it? And Money Point was effectively uh, heading towards decommission there, when, mm. but the, yeah, our energy was. demand has gone yeah, up and yeah. we need it yeah. right now. And, yeah. and we'll need it for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So what's our friend at the end we, of the day saying? We have 70 uh, turbines down in, in, in Jerry Bryan and they've just stopped. I would, David is against that as well. I'd actually be nearly willing at this stage to, <laughs> to use Derry Bryan rather than what they're proposing but here. But I think it's crazy that Derry Bryan has just stopped. 
but but absolutely negative. But we've said it before, yeah. and we'll say we should say it again. This is actually a failure of successive governments for the last thirty years that we did not move as quickly to renewables as we should have, and we're now paying the price of it. Yeah. How much yeah. are we okay. going to spend on commissioning on on recommissioning Money Point in to make it a coal burning and an oil, oil burning? burning. Yeah. Like yeah. that's a waste of money. Three hundred million. How much? Three hundred million. Well, you'd imagine the good. It. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, which is a lot of money. Anyway, let's move. Uh, we move Where away we from energy. Do you know what we're going to do? County council. The county council. And their budget. It says, uh, what is it, page five? Page five of the champion. Yeah, the champion, yeah. And then yeah. they, they, got, they got an award in, 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 in page, in, on, on the... As the best local authority in the... On page, uh, yeah. page eight of the... Of yeah. the anyway, of the page airport. five, council spending to rise by 13.4 million as budget agreed. I thought it was actually more than that. Yeah, 13, yeah. And they'll be spending in 2023, 151.9 million. A lot of money, you know, has to be gathered from someplace. Yeah. Well, they're talking about reducing certain areas. Um, they're increasing overall. The big point that Pat Dowling, the CEO, is making is that the government allocation has been cut, that they need more money to run the place. They're not getting the money, and therefore they're going to run a deficit. Uh, the deficit is going to be, it's a minimal, minimal, fairly minimal deficit, but it's nonetheless a deficit, 264,000. Um, we know that they increased the local property tax so that they can spend this increase, but they're also going to reduce. Um, they reduce, according to Councillor Murphy, Councillor Murphy, is a, I think, is a probably opposed to this, warned that community groups in rural areas will lose out. I'd like to register my disappointment with the cut to the community funding and the elected members' discretionary funding. Now... Um, uh, Pat, what, do you know what the elected members' discretionary funding is? It is, it is, a, it is a fund that the, the council is using their own area where, where they'll be doing development. And they have full discretion over it? And they have discretionary They can spend it whichever way they want to. Yeah, well, they have, there's a certain limit where they yeah. spend it. You have to, but you whereas have to the council, council officials usually control the budget, these are the... Yeah. But there's going to be a 20% reduction in, the, in that fund, according yeah. to Councillor Murphy. And community I think that's a good group. fund. I think um, people... I, I've seen our own local councillor, John Cooney, who was... And he spent it, he spent it over in Ocadence Mills and yeah. there was a, a very bad um, care park across in the church there, the public care park, the way they developed it. It wouldn't have done years and, and I think that uh, his fund uh, done work on it and did a lovely job of it. Well, from what I know, any money that the local uh, councillors have spent pets on, on discretionary like projects has been well spent money. Yeah, it yeah. has been well spent money. So, money Tom, money. You'd be, you wouldn't be happy to see this 20% reduction? No, no, because yeah. you said the car park and no, uh, the, the yeah, mills well, or... Well, yeah. I think most of the council have spent it well anyway, and they yeah. are spending oh, it yeah. in their own areas. I yeah. suppose like the rest of us, the council, I noticed here an extra 1.9 million is, is going to be spent on energy next year. So there's a lot of public lighting, public buildings that need to be um, and heated and so yeah, on, yeah, which yeah. I suppose the council are responsible for. Um, well, and well, I suppose that's a big, that's a big increase. 1.9 million. It is a massive increase it is, there. Yeah. It is, yeah. It is. I, I, anyway, I, I think maybe a lot of the time. Yeah. No, you have got this um, thing about energy. And yeah. Why? Why? Why not? Put, um, why not close off the lights in, in all towns and villages at two in the morning and well, six? <laughs> maybe it's, it's then you might well, need now, that public lighting. Well, now then we go to the front page, <laughs> and there'll be. Yeah, but they, 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 yeah. you have uh, got 
You have no public light outside yeah. your house. I don't. And I don't have one outside my house. Okay. So. Just to wrap up on the council, local authority of the year, Clare County Council, the uh, is it the Chambers Ireland have given them an excellence award, and you know yeah, they're probably oh. quite efficient and deserve that. Oh, you know, well, so I, I mean, I would yeah. be hugely proud yeah. of the fact oh, yeah. that our yeah. councillors. Um, well, it's not the councillors, John. When you see it's the, the councillors push on policy. They might, but they're rarely enough listened to, I'd say. Oh, this this award is mostly for the council, I think. Wouldn't you say? It is. And who's the, what constitutes the council? The Clare, Clare County Council is well-deserved winner of the overall Local Authority of the Year Award, who have shown engagement. Now, Liz, I, you... Wouldn't you worry, though, if the other councils aren't doing this? But sure, it's evident they're not. Oh, John, I wouldn't, I'd beg to differ. <laughs> Who have shown engagement across different facets of Clare community and with the development and sustainability of its localities and environment. All councils should be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what our Maybe council Cochman has done even more. <laughs> to, you, to deserve you, that. Look, you look at uh, <laughs> our villages. And yeah. I look at villages up and down the country. Before you jump in. Gentlemen, you know, gentlemen, I'll have to get the, the Tom, big axles. One sentence. Yeah. One sentence. One sentence. All right. You're going to have the last word on this. Do you, notice, do you notice that in a, a town like Scarif, there aren't any dilapidated buildings left? And that's after just, a, 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 you could say, a two-year drive. We have been on to councillors and the community council has been on to council to actually do something through the system to put an end to the 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 state yeah. of some streets, isn't that yes, basically yes, it? Yeah, and now we have, you know, eliminated that. The houses have been, uh, what's the word? You re refurbished and, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. created. John, can I change the subject Sorry, slightly? Okay. You know, I mean, this is a question I'm going to ask you. Thorn, and the thorn. Yeah. Well, that's now that the thorn uh, is the great epic saga. The cattle raid of Cooley, compared yes. to the Greek uh, sagas in many ways. I have a personal interest in, on Monday night because in this time in that courthouse at 8pm, the Thorn Lecture is being delivered by Paul Gosling. Now, it starts in Rathcrown. A place you know well. I have land that is occupied by the dwelling spot of Maeve. Really? So when Maeve lay in bed with her husband, <laughs> Alien, and they involved in a discourse of which of them had the more The best bull or the best... No, the more wealth. More, more wealth. And they seemed to have the wealth evenly divided. I couldn't disagree on that one. But they were able to uh, come up with Maeve. And she, uh, interesting, it was the woman that actually won the argument. She said, I am going to get the brown bull. Of Cooley. Of Cooley. Yeah. So she sent a messenger off to to to, 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 to borrow the bull for a, uh, you know, you'd know like. And who a had the white season. bull? Who had the? She had. And who had the brown bull? That's Cooley. All right. Brown bull of Cooley. So, <laughs> so began this. He refused. The owner refused to give her the actual yeah. loan. Imagine that now, Tom. Yeah. He was a bit, <laughs> the loan of the bull. Yeah, yeah the loan of the bull. So I think she wanted more than the loan. So I think she, she wanted complete sent, control of that bull. <laughs> so she sent her, her army she put together yeah. up to take it off him. 
that's what that is. What well, she was a bold one. That's just anyway. Time Bokul. The time is cattle red. Yeah, exactly. So it's go down to Ennis. You wouldn't put yeah. past it a, a Ruscommon woman, would you? <laughs> no, I tell you not. Pat O'Brien left us one of the great medieval sagas. So Monday night in Ennis time at 8 p.m. in the courthouse, you should go along and learn what Roscommon and Rathfrock <laughs> has contributed to our <laughs> John, you've had your little sinner, and thanks for that. <laughs> Pat, we'll and have a piece of music. Will we? What have you in mind for us? For Gilbert O'Sullivan, he was 76 on, on December the 1st. So uh, no matter how I try, from Gilbert O'Sullivan. Very good. Very appropriate. Yeah, very appropriate. <laughs> no matter how I try, That was Gilbert O'Sullivan, no matter how I try. And you know, listeners, no matter how I try to keep these guys here at <laughs> time, it's not the easiest thing in the world. You You're know? doing a great job, Tom. <laughs> oh, <thank> you, <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't start me. Page 18, Mary Lou gets a mention. Well, yes. And we're not going to say too much no, about it. No, no. <laughs> well, this is, if people are thinking about books for Christmas, yes. it's beginning the season now. And in the Clare Champion, there's... Uh, a very smiley Shane Ross on page 18, signing his new book about Mary Lou MacDonald, the Sinn Féin leader. And it's a very interesting interview by Owen Ryan on, on, on Shane Ross's own, own thinking behind her. And there's a lovely little picture uh, on page four as well. Um, Mary Lou MacDonald by Shane Ross, a Republican riddle. Yeah. Pat, we won't say much more about Mary Lou and Shane <laughs> that but readers Pat, find you have a few books there, names of books that you should be encouraging our listeners to buy of local interest. Yeah, I have a book uh, here, uh, Tom, um, History of Rorthic Parish in County Clare, the civil parishes of Kilsiley and Kilo Kennedy, 1800 to 1850 by Pat O'Brien, he's a namesake of mine. Uh, and um, this book was launched on Sunday evening. Um, it is a marvellous book on, on history uh, and anybody in, 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 in Rorthic and the surrounding areas that would have an interest in history should, should buy it. Uh, even anybody from Bradford, there should be, there should be one, Where can one, you get a hold of it, Pat? There should be one in each, in each house, really, because yeah. um, it goes back to the fabulous. I, had a, I looked at it there during the week, I didn't read it all now because there's so much within it, but I, I had a look at it and there's, there's fabulous reading in it and, and, and very detailed. And they have a shop in them where they can work on state and you can pick up a copy there or you can contact Pat himself. How much, how much is it retailing now? It's, it's, it's 50 euros, John. 50. Yeah, which is a, it's, it's it's a, a hardback. It's a, yeah, it's looks a hardback. very it's impressive. Very good well, and well, well done. Very well yeah. done. Mm -hmm. High um, quality publication. Yeah. You have a couple of other those, books there. There's well, 500 and something pages and 524 yeah. pages yeah. in it. Uh, I just bring a couple of more books there as it's coming up to Christmas. Uh, Joe Queeley is a historian and uh, he has a book called Echoes from a Civil War. Uh, the Killing of Gail Thomas Dowling in 1925 and the Charlie Klein bomb. Box bomb in 1929, which was um, after the Civil War, and um, Joe has an uh, extensive um, writing on it. It was a, a nice book. I had a, a, a look at it there myself. It was, it was a kind of book. Yeah. And uh, just um, I, I, we have some. We brought the Glenwood Ambush book last year, um, around this time last year, and 
his time out in, in, in Chicago. Yes. And uh, it is a very good, fabulous book now. And of course, you mustn't forget and Jim O'Brien's book, uh, yeah. A Matter of Great Indifference, Volume and 2, which was launched last night in the yeah, Just before we go to that, uh, Tom, we, yeah. we recently were up in Fetal there uh, at Wimbledon. Um, uh, we've done a program on uh, remembering uh, Dennis Cahill, who played with Merton Hayes. Yes. And um, we interviewed Merton on the, on the radio on Monday last, so it should be one of the program. Soon. Uh, soon. Yeah. And uh, we've had extensive interviews now from the Jim Collins. So uh, um, the book, if anyone is interested in the book, which uh, is Merton uh, Hayes' shared notes, and I see you just made a good bookshop. Anyway, on a sad note, um, retired forester and a great community man, Josh Laurie, died during the week. Indeed. Yes. John, did you know him? Oh, very well, indeed. And um, as you said, the essence of a community man, you know. Yes. The list of organisations and committees to which he belonged and contributed is, you know, quite lengthy. So we offer our sympathy to his wife and children when they're all going up now on stage. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, Tomas, our own Tomas McNamara, or, the, or Dr. Tomas McNamara, is giving a very important lecture pretty soon. And page eight, is it, of the champion? Page eight, the champion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah East Clare historian to deliver prestigious lecture. Owen Ryan is the story there, and, and page eight is the Clare champion. Yeah. East Clare historian Dr. Thomas McConnell has been invited to deliver an, an, the annual lecture of the Oral History Network of Ireland. The lecture entitled Always in the Human Cons and, and Consciousness, Consciousness will explore the memory of oral history associated with, revo with revolutionary period with audio samples for recordings of interview, uh, yeah. from uh, recordings of interviews he conducted across the country. Pat, we could ask, we could ask David who is a, what we'd call a regular academic. By the way, if you, it's the crowd uh, outside dying to get in to participate in the, <laughs> in they're our They're knocking program. down the doors. Uh, they're knocking down the doors. But, um, Tomas, as we know, is a huge proponent of the value of oral history, okay? David, how do you handle that in the academic world? Well, we would be big subscribers to it, and most of the people he'll be addressing um, at the Oral History Network of Ireland are academic. Um, they're also non-academics, but, the, but there's a big group. I mean, it's a way that you can get to people the, the past, a particular type of past, that you won't get through other records. Yeah. Most, for the vast majority of people in this country, they could neither read nor write, 
uh, up until a certain point in the, in the past. And it was an oral tradition and stories passed on. And it, even if they got it all wrong and um, you know, get their facts wrong, it still tells us an awful lot about what, the way they think. And I think that is, is valued. Now, you can't do that for the 18th century. That is long forgotten. And there are certain big events like the Black and Tans that Tomas is interested in that always get the attention. Yeah. Um, so there's, it's, only, it's only certain types of history you'd be able to do oral history. There is a, there is a, a publication coming out in the next, in, I think it's imminent, um, and that is the four great poets of the 16th, late 16th, uh, uh, 17th century and 18th century from County Clare. Okay. They have, I mean, I, I can't recall the actual content, but they have four great lengthy poems. I mean, we're talking about seriously long. The publication will be, will contain the actual four poem, poems in question, but also a translation in it. So I'd recommend... That's your Christmas stocking would suggestion. Want. Yeah. Well, the, the, actually, the, 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 the lecture is on tonight, uh, as, we are, as we, are, we are recording on, on, on Charles tonight, yeah. uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. In, um, in the Society House in the 63 million square. So he's halfway through it. Let's hope, <laughs> let's hope the crowd is liking it. Well, no better man to keep it going. Anyway, look, let's get back to East and South East Clare, page 13 of the Third Champion. And uh, one of the first headlines I see there, public to have say again as Tulla FI request uh, provided. FI is further information further to information, uh, planning application. That's right. Yeah, Tulla, Tulla, as we know, we've been charting this for a few year, months and yeah. years now. They're, they're getting an awful lot of new housing. And this is the latest. And we go through this phase as the council looks for further information and so on. So I think, Pat, the further information has been submitted now and it's going out to more public consultation. It is, yeah, yeah. Further uh, public uh, submissions are to be accepted on, ma on, a, on a major private housing estate proposal for Tulla. Now that the developers have provided the council with extra information in response to planners concerns, risk and property developments submitted further information. Here this month, planners have decided that the nine points of information provided as well as updated drawings and reports constitute significant further information. That means more public submissions will be accepted for the five-week period. The council has given to, until January 14 as the, as the uh, updated decision date on the estate plans. Tens of 60 houses on the site at Lahorn South were submitted in August of this year after an initial assessment and four submissions from nearby residents panels requested several aspects of the proposal. But I think I know from the house of one still going on the bottom of the hill. Yeah. So the Ashlock down on the bottom of the hill there. So I suppose it's just more, more, uh, more details. Any idea of the design that's in question? Now that brings us to, in fact, again, a role which county councillors can have on, in, on framing the, uh, the design of our villages. And I mean, we should, we should push for more and more of that. Well, we had a story a couple of weeks ago, John, uh, I think it was it in Broadford, Pat, where a councillor... Oh, in the mills. Uh, in the mills, a councillor who also happens to be a, a builder yeah. um, got knocked back because of the design that he was proposing. 
So yeah. would one would one one would want to be careful? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> what you wish for. The TLC of the maybe the layout and the, and and and. and uh, about fences and about uh, green areas and, 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 and yeah. weed planting and all that. I yeah. heard the other day... It has to be a huge problem with the... With the with Pat, the, with I the heard the other... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, um, it's not in the papers, but the, 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 the I heard now that maybe Tulla is... We're talking about capacity. Yeah. That the school now is at full... The new school is at full capacity in Tulla. Is that right? Is, yeah, probably is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we have more houses coming in, and we have a new school which is already now outdated. Yeah, but I tell you. And again, a person close to me here on my right would say, "Where's the planning in that?" Yeah. yeah. The 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 nice people, I suppose, coming in from maybe outside into the school as well, from maybe yeah. outside of the jurisdiction, because the other schools are probably full up as well. Right. So yeah. that's maybe the issue. And they're coming from Queen and Clooney, Queen and all that area, and Cushine, your favourite village, Cushine, as well, they're coming from that. But it's a valid point, but it's not been addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Can we move on to the East Clare uh, page in the Clare Echo? And part of it, Anne says, Quinn needs proper plan to improve its, it's on page 19 of the Clerico. Quinn needs proper plan to improve its infrastructure. And that's the village of Quinn. Yeah. And uh, caused, John, have you? Well, I mean, uh, Parik McMahon in his article on the, on the Echo uh, points out, a proper plan is needed for the growing village of Quinn with repeated calls to improve the infrastructure in the area. What sort of infrastructure? Well, they, 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 he speaks of a footpath outside the village of, on the Ballykilty Road, leading, that'll be leading from Dromolan and, and Pat Burke, or it says, in the interest of road safety. But there is also, I think, a, a need for harmony in the housing um, design. I mean, this is a beautiful, unspoiled village, would you agree? Absolutely, and there's a very historic Buildings, buildings, there. Abbey, yeah. there, yeah. yeah. And hopefully, well, the only talking well, of a footpath, or are they talking they, about? Ah, no, they're, they're also asking for consideration of the overall. Oh, they want an overall plan yeah, for it. Yeah. That's a reasonable thing, and but that's exactly what the county council, who seemingly have won an award, yeah. should be doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Quinn, of course, exactly. is a lot of traffic goes through Quinn on the way to Ennis as well. You see, there a lot yeah. more uh, <coughs> through traffic than maybe other <coughs> villages have in Clare. Anyway. Same page, Park McMahon is another one. It says, no ordinary <laughs> grave digging in Scarif. Well, now, that's a, that's a fair headline, isn't it? catches you right, isn't it? It does indeed. Like, are we, are, are we talking about body snatchers, Tom? <laughs> that's about? what it, yeah, well, the first well, you, thing. You, you, you may well be, because the, it's the, the gable end of the medieval church. That is a trouble. In, in my know. In my know. The old, the old, the old graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a time that was the main church in. Uh, absolutely. Before Scarf. Absolutely. Yeah. And the people, the, um, uh, the gable was in danger of, uh, you know. Collapsing. Collapsing, yeah. So uh, what, what was put up? Um, scaffolding. Uh, scaffolding. But the difficulty is the scaffolding straddles uh, a couple of graves. And, and people are very, you know, possessive. Of, yeah. their, of their graves and a, a burial has taken place actually uh, under the scaffolding since it went up 
So and I've seen, to... I've seen the scaffolding up for a long time, John, yeah. and, but very little progress. I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the point of the article by Pauline McMahon that, it, yeah. and, and Councillor Pat Burkey's getting a lot of attention today. Are the, what are the other councillors doing, I wonder? Well, Joe Cooney gets a mention there in that article. Oh, does he? Oh, good. Where the inconvenience caused to families yeah. when loved ones passed away, but health and safety is also very important. Yeah. Yes. You know. yeah. Like, uh, when, when will the project be finished, I wonder? That's... Yeah. that's um, a good question. Because they're just conserving the wall, they're making it stable, yeah. they're it's realigning not, This it. isn't just a county council issue, they have to go to the, uh, the, the National, National Monument, Monument Service, Service as yeah, well. And it's, it's, uh, because of the the yeah. importance of the place, yeah. yeah. That's it, yeah. yeah. And well, let's hope it gets done pretty, so that the, the dead can rest in peace and the living yeah. can rest in peace as well. The living can continue to live, you know. There's as well, just Tom, before we go from it. Uh, there was money given out there for for uh, the, the 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 cliff spec in Miss Clare and Barry Cochran uh, here in in in, uh, in this side of the county yeah. got a hundred eighty thousand nine hundred for for work down in in Barry Cochran and two mile gate two mile gate yeah. Speaking of the cliffs of Moher, uh, I'm delighted Pat brought it up in in I think both papers, but I think I saw it in the Clare Echo. Any Clare County Clare resident can yeah. get free access to the Cliffs of Moher Centre December, for yeah. the month of December. Yeah. Really? With, with a copy of the newspaper, you have to scan a code. Mm. So uh, an, another reason to buy the local newspapers mm. this week. Yeah. Both of them. Of course, you don't even have to buy the Clare Echo. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's a to pick up the Clare Echo, I should <laughs> say. To pick up you don't have to buy the Clare Echo. You can it's on, you get it online. It's yeah. on page 35 of the Clare Echo. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, going back to the Clare Champion again, and there's a headline here which says, Volunteers clear a path for all to enjoy walkway by the Shannon. Dan Danner has that, and it refers to O'Brien's Bridge to the, uh, the old path uh, along what is known as the Old Barge Loop Walk along by the Shannon, kind of parallel to the I suppose the, the main river, mm. which would have been used when the canal was being used. What's the name of that canal again? The yeah, or the Limerick to Killaloo Canal, as exactly. I call it. That's going to be opened up now. This, you know, it's the, the path is, is this there. part of the proposed greenway? Um, I think it is. Tom, it is. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we still are waiting. We're still waiting on uh, on news of that, but maybe that's all to be revealed to us in the new year. But anyway, it's nice to see the community group getting involved and getting the recognition, because if COVID reminded us of anything, it was getting out and about in our localities. The, the importance of it, yeah. I think there's great credit due to the, the committee there in O'Brien's Bridge, because they, they went out and they done the work themselves and their key employers yeah, and scrub yeah, and yeah. duct along the, along the path and, and made it accessible. Pat, yeah. did you so hear that, that uh, the Tipperary uh, side of the, of the bridge is beginning to make sounds about why they can't have a greenway out their side. Yeah, yeah. The, do you hear that? The council have meetings on it anyway. Well, there's really no reason why there couldn't be a loop right around the a lake. A loop, you know, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be a nice idea. Yeah. Whether we'll see it or not, John, I'm mm. not too sure. Anyway, <laughs> let's get, move on and go to the uh, part two of the Clare Champing, the living section. There's a big headline there: a haven from your struggles. Yeah, John, well, uh, have you read that article? Yeah, I was reading that. And I very, in the heart of Ennis, uh, Owen Ryan um, tells us volunteers spend, imagine, Saturday nights working to bring some comfort to the struggling and the suicidal. 
Yeah. This is this is a worrying yeah. trend, you know. Um, at eight p.m. and every Saturday evening, the Ennis Haven Hub opens, welcoming visitors and its volunteers. Will be answering calls and texts until two a.m. the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Isn't and that John, it is an amazing service. Um, and I know somebody from this area, I won't mention his name, yeah. who is a volunteer yes. for, for Haven. For the Haven. And uh, started off by being trained, going in on that Saturday night, observing, watching, picking up what you had to do. And unlike the Samaritans, yeah. the Samaritans listen, yes. but they don't really advise you. They can, yes. you know, they listen, and that's, an, uh, that's a good an service. Yes. These people are actually here to actually convince you there's a future and there's optimism, there's a way yeah. out and, you know, give you advice and put you put you in touch with the right people. So they provide yeah. a, a wonderful service. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's right in the middle of Ennis, it says it's 51 O'Connell Street. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to know where that is, right next to Pat McCarthy's shoes. Yeah. Is that? That's is that the location right? of it. Here. So they're looking for volunteers, as you say. It's an after-hours support centre for people who are struggling to cope mm -hmm. or who are at risk of suicide. Yeah. And as you said, David, trade vol volunteers yeah. help people come up with a safety plan to keep themselves safe. And volunteers yeah. Yeah. are the very backbone of the organisation. And we, we know that it's unfortunately it's, it can affect both men and women, but it, yeah. it, is effect, it affects young men in particular. Yeah. The statistics just show that. Yeah. Um, so it's great, it's wonderful that we have services like this. I hope they're being funded properly. But doesn't it just three in, in, in the country come to the Limerick, Innes, and your hometown? And my hometown of Mitchellstown. If anybody can Yes, that's If you can't get into into 51 O'Connell Street, they can be contacted on phone. Yes. It's Indeed. And I'll call that out again slowly. 089-407-3370. And it's a very well worthwhile, and if they only saved one life, wouldn't yeah. it be worth it, you know? Indeed. And I have absolutely no doubt that. So There's a, there's a nice photograph there, yeah. a little cast of a welfare officer, and Eric uh, Colligan. He's the director of the Haven Home. Yeah. Look, on that note, I think we might see that we're a bit of calm here in the program it's a good time to finish up and once again just to thank uh, the sponsors of the media show which is Ruth Griffin Photography in Ennis and Ruth is, or Scarif Ruth has some fabulous photographs there you know and on the calendar so Pat O'Brien have we another little piece of music that yeah, we'll go out on this week and thank you all for uh, David Pat thank John you, S and yeah, thanks, to Art, Luke and uh, for myself Tom Handy yeah. thank you all yeah. so we have George Harrison, Tom. Um, his anniversary of his death was the 29th of November. He died in 2001. So we have Hey Jude. Um, hey Jude. Hey Jude yes. from George hey Jude. Harrison. Yeah.